Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So at the moment, we are in between seasons here on the show, but while we're waiting for our next official season to begin, we thought that this would be a great time to pull some of our favorite episodes out of the Girls' Night Archive. This is a great time to catch up on episodes you might have missed throughout the years or to listen to old favorites all over again. Our guests are incredible. I know that I learn something new each time I listen to an episode, even if it's one I've heard a million times before. Okay, now without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. 
I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Friends, I am so excited for who we get to talk to today. I am welcoming back my friend, Elizabeth Thompson. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming back on Girls' Night. Oh, I'm so excited to be back. I've been looking forward to it. I loved the last episode that we did together. Guys, I'm going to link to it because seriously, you need to go listen to it. I'm still thinking about some of the things we talked about. And it's just when I knew that you were coming out with a new book, I just absolutely knew that we had to have you back. So anyway, I'm talking about you like everyone already knows you. And I know that there might be a couple women who haven't gotten to meet you yet. Can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Sure. Well, um, yeah, Elizabeth Lang Thompson. I am a writer after a very long and winding journey to <laughs> get to do that career, but that is, is that's what I do. Um, I write novels for girls and I write Christian inspiration for women. I really like meeting people in sort of the messy places of faith that are hard to talk about, the places that bring up doubts that we're scared to admit and difficulties in our prayer life and maybe even our relationships with other Christians. I love kind of speaking into that. Um, I've written in the past about when God says, wait, about all the feels, just, you know, our feelings with God. That's what we talked about last Mm -hmm. time. Like where do faith and big messy feelings intersect and collide? Yes. (laughs) So good. Um, So it's a real privilege to get to do that. Um, I am a mom of four after a very long, um, long and winding journey through infertility. So um, even though our life is so loud and I am like up to my eyeballs in laundry at all times, I'm so grateful. Like I'm so grateful for the stinky socks and the mess all over the house <laughs> because I prayed so long for it. And um, and I'm so grateful to get to be married to my husband. I There's like a theme of waiting in my life. He, I fell in love with him several years before he, you know, 
decided that I was the woman of his dreams. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love now getting to share life and do life with him. We lead a small church in coastal North Carolina. That's super fun and um, has many adventurous moments along the way. So, okay, a fun fact about me is <laughs> I have a lot of, I call them stupid human tricks that I can do. Okay. Like as a child, I think I just collected weird skills. Like I know how to juggle. <laughs> I'm really good with a yo-yo, which is just like, what? Like my son got into yo-yos a year ago and I started doing it and he's like, mom, you're kind of awesome. I was like, I know I learned in fifth grade. I don't know. <laughs> that is amazing. Wait, okay. So did yeah. I like, so yo-yoing? No, yo-yo. Um, oh, what was the other? Oh, like weird things like twirling pens around your fingers, uh-huh. that weird, like uh drop of water noise you can make with your mouth. Um, I can like double wrinkle my tongue. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, all these are weird things that I learned as a preteen. And I never knew the purpose of them until last year I taught fifth grade. And suddenly I was a celebrity and I realized, man, all those skills I gained when I was 10 are now impressing 10-year-olds. <laughs> so who knows? I can't believe purposes. those things are still the thing. Like. <laughs> That's my, I can't do the drop of water, but my husband can. I just like flicked my face as I did that because <laughs> I think it's something like that. The yo-yo, I remember um, people being good at yo-yos. I was never good. Uh, the hacky sack was another thing. Yeah. And uh, my sister can juggle. Uh, what was I? I was thinking of one more. The flipping the pen thing, I still do. Yep. All um, the time. It's like a nervous habit. Yeah, totally. I totally still flip the pen. Oh, the one thing that you didn't mention, this is like more of a not, to, I'm not trying to like say this is a guy thing or this is a girl thing, but the like armpit noise. <laughs> I feel like that was like a little before all of these things. But again, something I didn't totally learn to do, but I feel like that would probably, you know, that would fit well somebody. into that category. It yeah. would. I yeah. will say the one thing, the one stupid human trick I never mastered was whistling like with your fingers in your mouth. I tried big, loud so wolf whistle. hard. Me too. I, yeah. No, never got that. Yeah. Um, I can sing Backstreet Boys in Pig Latin. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's so impressive. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> like uh, I want it that way. I can do it from the beginning to the end in uh, in Pig Latin. Uh, my mother-in-law, I just found out, can sing the ABCs backwards like a champion. She learned in like fifth grade or something and just yep. can do it great. Uh, what's the other one? My sister and I did teach ourselves how to burp on command. Oh, that's impressive. So I can, yeah, I especially can especially around the boys. They yeah. just are like, you are officially a cool girl. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah, I can burp on command, which is just not <laughs> something I totally thought I would share on the show, but I feel like it is really important. I mean, you could that. demonstrate or you could just, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> maybe, 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 if, maybe at some point I'll, I'll, uh, I oh could demonstrate, I could maybe demonstrate the, the pig Latin, but, uh, yeah, that, that would be a better demonstration that's for sure. So amazing. This is just such a great way to start a conversation. <laughs> uh, you guys, if you, if we missed any like stupid human tricks, you need to tell us because I'm sure that there are some that, that we forgot about. And yeah, I would really like, mm-hmm. you should, yeah, we need you to remind us. Yeah, and then we have to learn them if we don't know them, because clearly, because <laughs> clearly at some point <laughs> this matters be important. to us. Yes, yes, <laughs> clearly at some point this is going to be important. Oh, that's so amazing! I could laugh about that for a while. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are ta- talking about something a bit more serious today, which is why this is a, a great way to kick it off. But your newest book is called When God Says No. And I know that uh, something I think people don't necessarily think about when they think of authors are that before an author is able to write about something, they have to seriously live through it. I think maybe the good ones anyway, and usually more than once. And so can you tell us about the book and then um, just a little bit of your backstory? Yeah, absolutely. So Yep. When God says no, it's not really the topic that you're like, man, that would be so fun to write about. What an inspirational way to spend the next year of my life. <laughs> so if I'm being honest, I kind of was like, oh Lord, do I do I have to write this one? You know, do you have a better idea? And I just, I find it quite ironic that he was like, no, I really want you to write this. Um, God but said it's no. About, yeah, God said no, you you need to write this. But it's about facing disappointment and denial without without losing heart, without losing hope, and without losing your head. And by that, I mean just losing it emotionally, you know, because goodness, we face a lot of disappointments in our, in our lives and in our faith. God does sometimes deny things that we don't understand why. Goodness, if, if you think about the last year, it has felt like a long series of no, you know, are we going to get off lockdown? Nope, not yet. Are we going to get a vaccine right now? Nope, not yet. Are we going back to school? Nope, you're finishing. I mean, thing after thing after thing. And, and some of the things that we have faced have been very serious. And so I do think it's been a year of no for a lot of us. Um, I feel like there have been many times in my life that God has told me no, and some of them have been smaller no's. Um, and I know that's something we'll probably talk about as we dive in, but just smaller things that sort of more affect your daily happiness. They're not going to change your whole life trajectory, but the smaller things. Um, and then some have been been life-altering. I mean, we, we endured a miscarriage. Um, several years back. And, and I just remember feeling like I, I'm never going to be the same again. And like, I felt like it kind of, uh, took a little bit of my idealism from me. You know, it just changes something inside where you, I found myself approaching life with a lot more fear and being afraid of joy, you know, like, is it too soon? Am I going to lose this joy? What, you know, and, um, so miscarriage was a big no. Um, honestly, in my career, there have been many, many no's. And and I'll share more about that as we go along. But that's been one of those things that <laughs> there have been so many little no's all along the way that it can be, it can really mess with your mind after a while. Like, well, is God saying no for now or no forever? That's been a big thing. Um and then in the last few years, we've dealt with um, a very serious um, health problem with one of my loved ones. And we just begged God, please let this not be what we think it is. Please, please, please let it, anything but that, you know, let, and the answer was no. And um, it's, it's, uh, this person has dementia. They will never be the same. They are not the same and it's going to get worse and worse. And it's so with that, that's been something that I was actively walking through while writing this book, grappling with it and still am and will be for years to come. But it's one of those where it's like, it's a day, a thousand daily losses. Like something new is a, there's a new no Mm -hmm. every time, you know? So those are a few of them. 
And I also had the privilege in this book of sharing some of my friends' stories because um, there's so many different kinds of no, you know, and I'm so honored that they let me borrow some of their stories to kind of broaden, hey, here's what no can look like, might look like in your life. The sentence that just keeps going over and over in my head is, thank God for this book. Thank Mm. God you wrote this. Thank you, thank Mm. you, thank you for writing this. And God, thank you so much for saying no. She can't write about something else. I, it's so, um, I'm like already thinking about different times in my God, in my life when God has said no, or times when he's said like, not yet. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, is this a no or is this a not yet? Or is this a yes, but I like did it wrong? Or, you know, what, you know, what does this, this look like? I think, you know, one of the no's that I think a lot of us have experienced and a lot of the women listening, um, have to do with relationships, there are so many times when I yes. found someone or saw someone or got to know someone or started dating someone. And I thought, God, this is the person for me. And there were times when he said, like, I mean, every single time, really, uh, <laughs> he said, no, no. Yeah. And sometimes I got to kind of find out the reason. And sometimes for years, I didn't know why. Um, and it just felt, sometimes I think it feels like he's withholding something good from us. And that's yeah. really, that's just really hard. Yeah. Um, And some of those no's feel so deeply personal too. Like it doesn't just feel like God is saying no. It kind of feels with some of those, like he's like reaching into your heart and giving it a really hard squeeze and a twist. Like, and you kind of start, you get suspicious of God. Like, is he mean? Does he not like me? Why would he, why would he let this happen again? Like, it feels like he's setting me up for no. It can really do a number on your faith. Oh my gosh. Everyone is sitting here going, yeah. That's me. <laughs> I think we've all felt that way. Yeah. Well, so before we get into like what to do with the nose, I want to ask, there have been times in my life where I feel like I've kind of felt stuck as I've waited for God to tell me explicitly what to do. And there are times when I've needed God to tell me exactly what to do, but there are times when I wanted him to tell me exactly what to do. And instead, I really got to make the decision you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the wise people he's put in my life and the brain he's given me and the discernment he's given me, you know, he's let me choose. And so, like, do we always need a yes, an explicit yes or no from God? Or are there times when, like, we we get to choose and, like, kind of how do we know the difference? Oh, I'm so happy that you asked that question because I feel like this is a place where, so many of us get stuck and I have totally gotten stuck there where you're just like, you're in the middle of kind of a wasteland period and you think maybe God is saying no. You don't know if it's no. You don't know if it's wait. You don't know if it's no for now. You don't know if it's maybe ask me again. I might change my mind and you can just start playing head games. And I think what trips us up is sometimes we see in scripture times when God did speak directly to people and, you know, say, go do this, or I chose this, I'm saying no to this, but yes to this. And so we sort of unconsciously assume that we're going to get the same absolute voice from heaven clarity. But we see many other times in scripture where, you know, it wasn't always clear they were doing the best they could with the information they had. Mm. And I think one of the biggest lessons God has taught me over the years that is that, you know, God trusts us. He gave us our brains. He gave us the Bible. 
He gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us. He gave us wise, hopefully you have surrounded yourself with, you know, or can find some wise Christian counselor, counselors, and I mean friends who counsel mm-hmm. us, not like go, you know, go out and get a therapist, although that's great too. Yeah. Um, but God gives us all these different tools to help us to make the best decisions that we can. And, and I think we can be confident if we make a choice and say, you know, I'm going to stop knocking on that door. I'm ready to let that go for now. Or no, I'm going to keep knocking on that door. I'm not convinced it's never going to open. God's going to be with us whichever way we choose because he's a good father. And fathers give their daughters the chance to mature and the chance to take some risks and make some choices. And he's going to be with you, even if in hindsight, you look back and you're like, huh, I kind of wish I had chosen differently. It's not like God's like, oh, you blew that one. Man, I'm leaving you now. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to be with you, even in the decisions you make that later you're like, huh, maybe I would have done something different if I had had more information or if, or if even if my faith was in a more mature place where it is now. But it comforts me a lot as I have learned, you know, God is with you and he does trust you to make decisions. He's with you even in the decisions that you you kind of wonder, well, was it the best? I don't know. I, I did the best I could. He's with you regardless. It occurs to me that like God is less concerned with the destination than he is with the journey. Like there's not, it's like, so he's like, He's this really great dad. Okay, here's an example. My dad, when I was uh, learning to drive, I had to get however many driving hours before I could get my license, right? And so my family wasn't really a road trip family only because I, I grew up in Colorado and it's not like you know, the East Coast or the South or something where you could drive a little ways and end up somewhere totally new. In Colorado, you can drive for like a long time before you get to any like other than the mountains, like, you know, I mean, you drive 12 hours before you're in Las Vegas and like 16 before you're in LA or 20 before you're in LA. Wow. Um, and so it's like, we just weren't road trip people. But so when I was trying to get some of my driving hours, my dad and I decided that we were going to uh, drive. And I think that our goal was to get to somewhere like four hours away. And I think we probably made it about two. And the thing about it was that my dad wasn't, I know he wasn't worried about the destination. I know he was so much more concerned with like what was happening on the way, both me getting practice driving, just no matter where we went, we could have gone around the parking lot. It didn't matter. And also just spending time with me. Um, And I, I think that that's so much more of who God is. Like he cares so much more about the condition of our hearts and our relationship with him and our relationship with each other than he does about like, you know, well, I had this one job for you and you, you know, blew it because you chose this one instead. Uh, I just don't think that there's like, we can't take enough wrong turns to get to a place where God can't like find us again or use us again. I love that. I love that story with your dad. And I, I, I think that's such a great way of describing God that he, he cares about the journey. He cares about how we get there. Not even so much about what the final destination is, you know? And I think sometimes we have this, I don't know. I, I think, there are times when we're sort of like, well, if I, if I do make a decision and, you know, is like, let's say you are, you're, you're in a relationship and you're kind of wondering, I don't feel like it's going well. Do I let this relationship go or do I, you know, or do I keep fighting for it? 
And let's say you decide to let it go. You surrender it in prayer. You're like, all right, God, I'm, I'm moving on. I think sometimes we have this superstitious, superstitious mindset where we're like, what if God's up in heaven? And it was like a test to see if I could just hang on long enough. And, and he's going to be like, oh, if you had waited one more day, I was going to work it out for you, but you didn't have enough faith. So man, you know, now you made your bed, you got to lie in it. Like, that's just not the heart of God. He, he's like, I'm with you. I will love you through whatever winding journey you need to take. I'm so glad you said that. And the word superstitious is so perfect. I've never connected that, but like it really is. It's like, okay, I need to knock twice, turn around three times, read this verse in my Bible three times, and then pray this exact prayer and then hope for this long and then let it go because whatever God wants, he can have. And like, I mean, and then he'll give me exactly what I want. It's like, he just is not, uh, it's just... It's not just not how he rolls. You know, he's, he's, um, he's loving he, and he's kind and he truly wants what's best. And I think he cares about what we want. You know, he wants, he, he cares about the desires of our heart. He doesn't always give it in the way we want it the time we want it, but he does care about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. So for the, for the areas of life where it's more of a yes or no question, not as much like open-ended answer how do we know if God is saying no or not right now? Because, you know, exactly like you said, we wonder if we are supposed to continue being patient and keep trying and waiting and knocking, or if like, this is, this is a no, you need to give up and walk away. I think I've done this wrong in both directions. Like I, there, I really have spent years waiting for things to pan out like a relationship I waited for years longer than I should have. Um, But then also I think there have been times when I've given up at the first sight or like the first sight of a setback, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I thought that this, I don't know, Instagram yeah. post would go better and it didn't. And so I should quit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Honestly, I think it's hard to know um, the difference between like, is it no for now or is it no forever? And unfortunately, I, I wish there was an easy way to know. I think, I think we don't always know. Um, I mean, I think about my writing journey. Um, so I started out <laughs> wanting to write novels for teen girls. And just like, it was just this burning desire in my heart. Like, I want to write really like wholesome, just fun, secular novels for teen girls. And started banging, you know, writing my brains out and banging on doors of publishing and just getting no after no after no. And, and then after a while, I kind of shifted and I was like, you know what? I think all of this, this waiting, this delay has taught me some lessons and maybe maybe I should write Christian stuff. Maybe that's what God wants me to do. And I still was getting some no's. And I remember this one day sitting, <laughs> sitting on my bedroom floor, prayer journal in hand. And I'm sort of surprised the pages didn't burst into flame because I was pretty upset. The things I was writing in the <laughs> journal, I found uh-huh. it later and I was like, Fire. Um, yes. I mean, there was like snot actually flying out of my nose. I it was not a beautiful moment. And I started like down this pity party spiral where I started counting out for God every one of my rejections. And when I got to the number 70, I sort of realized I this pity party is getting out of hand. <laughs> oh, I need to stop counting. Gosh. And you know, so that was. 70 plus, and yet 
a few, you know, not maybe a year later, God actually did open that door. And so I do think, and it was so hard there. I, I honestly didn't know in that moment, is he saying no for now? Is he no, saying no forever? I think sometimes it has to do with our own hearts and our own desires. And I told God, you know, I can't let this go. Like I, you know, again, I don't want to be superstitious about it, but this is so deeply passionate in my heart. And I really hope you will open the door. But in the meantime, I'm not just going to focus my life there. I'm also going to serve you. I'm also going to knock on some other doors. I think maybe if you're not sure if it's a no for now or a no forever, you keep praying, you keep hoping, you keep saying, God, I still really want this, but I'm not going to only, I'm not going to refuse to live my life until I, until it becomes clear. I'm also going to pour my heart into some other areas and trust that you are working even when I can't see it. And either that door is going to slam shut and I'm going to have resolution and it's going to, we'll let it go. Or you're going to, you're going to open it or you're going to open a different door that's related, but you know, a surprise. <laughs> I love, I love that. That's such a good, that's so helpful. Like, okay, I'm going to keep knocking well, I think we have to decide, is this important enough to me to say, yeah, how important is this to you? Like with, you know, I'm thinking of moments in my career, you know, as a, you know, I'm starting out as a blogger and I'm, you know, working on my first books and I'm like, you know, putting my my course together and I'm feeling so vulnerable about the whole thing. And there were so many moments where I was like, oh, like this just feels like, you know, even when things would go well, it's just, I mean, I just was so looking for any moment or I was looking for just any bit of evidence that I should just scrap it and run away because I was feeling so vulnerable. And I think to slam the door sometimes feels better than it feels at least clearer or less vulnerable than leaving it open. And, but I think, you know, we do have to decide like, how important is this to you? Is it, is it so important that, that you're safe? Like, is your safety more important or is this what could be more important? And I don't mean safety, like physical safety, although yeah. I mean, sometimes, yeah. but like, would you rather have your heart closed off so that you couldn't be rejected? Or would you rather maybe be rejected, but actually really give this a shot? And we have to decide that and we have to decide it over and over again, depending on the situation. But I, I like that about not refusing to live your life while you wait for it, because I think that that's where we get we really just miss some good things along the way when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think too one of the things that we see in scripture is God invites a really open dialogue about our feelings and our confusion in those times. We see a lot of like David in the Psalms where it, he's like I you know I feel like you're blocking me, God. Why? How long? <laughs> how long do I have to live this way? How long do I have to every day have sorrow in my heart? Clearly, he was living a, a no for now. We know eventually God brought him through all those trials, but we see so much that God invites that conversation. And that if even if we're not sure where it's going and how he's going to bring it to completion, that we can talk to him about it and work it out with him and share our hearts and ask for guidance, ask for clarity. But if we don't get clarity right away, we can ask for peace while we're while we're in that wilderness place. So is that not like asking and and sometimes like, you know, lighting the page on fire with, you know, fury and questions and doubts and stuff like, is that the opposite of faith? Like, or, or is that what it looks like to walk forward in faith? I love that question. 
You know, I think what we see from people that we admire in scripture is we see them having like hope in one hand and surrender in the other, where they were passionately hoping for a certain outcome, but they also knew who was in charge and who was going to make the final call on some of those situations that were out of their control. I mean, I think to me, I always think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they were being forced, you know, by the king to bow down to an idol and to forsake God and their commitment to God. And if they didn't, they were going to get thrown into a fiery furnace. And and they stood before the king and he was like, last chance. And they said, listen, the God we serve is able to save us from this. But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not bow down. What a beautiful example of, hey, I really hope God's going to do this thing that I want him to do. I hope he's going to say yes to my prayer, but I am surrendered and I I will serve him and love him and follow him even if he does not. I think that's where faith and surrender meet. Okay. I love that. I love that. 